So how does fear impact our mental health? Find out on this episode of Incremental Health Tips. Welcome to Incremental Health Tips. My name is Jared, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Liz. Today, we're going to be talking about the impact of fear on our mental health. So, Liz, as a therapist, uh, is fear a common issue that clients may have? that they might seek therapy for? I think it's probably one of the most common issues, whether they describe it as anxiety or fear. There's usually some aspect of whatever someone is facing that in some way relates to some sort of fear. Well, I think fear can be uh, a really big part of a lot of mental health issues, like uh, fear of failure, for example, might drive depression. So I think it's a really important topic to touch on. So to begin with this, I guess with any time we're talking about emotions, we should begin with the premise that fear is actually very functional. Fear is actually a useful mechanism for us as humans, and it's important to understand the function it serves. So to experience no fear at any point in your life is is not a good thing because you might engage in risky or dangerous behavior. So how can we know then, Liz, if fear is good sometimes and bad others? How do we know if the fear we're experiencing is good or bad? Well, I think a lot of it needs to involve developing a proper sense of analyzing risk. Uh, If you take someone who's agoraphobic, they're overestimating the amount of fear because they're afraid to go outside or go out into open spaces. And the majority of the time, there isn't any risk in just going outside of your house. Well, no, that that's that's actually true, and that's an aspect of uh, I've taken a lot of social psychology uh, for my graduate degree, and and that is something that people tend to overestimate the amount of risk or or the probability of things actually actually happening. So it it is true, and going back also to our discussion on cognitive distortions. Uh, sometimes we might be overgeneralizing or catastrophizing something which could really be fueling our sense of fear that might impact our ability to function in our daily lives. So understanding, I, the, I, I guess, the risk associated in evaluating, um, evaluating what you're afraid of and and trying to get a better sense of if your thinking is distorted is one aspect. Are there any other aspects that we should pay attention to? I think also comparing to previous experiences, a lot of people, they can have a fear of driving or a fear of driving on the highway, even though they're perfectly competent, safe drivers. They may have never had an accident before, but yet there can still be an intense amount of fear related to driving. And so there's um, a strategy that I've taught to clients 
when it's related to fears, they can do a little probability analysis. And this doesn't involve looking up statistics, it's just based on what the person anticipates the probability of a specific event happening. So what's the likelihood that you would get in an accident? They give a number to that. What's the likelihood that you'd, you know, get into a serious accident if you were in an accident? And you get them to make a short list of the events that they're afraid of and the probabilities that they associate with the chance of those individual events happening. And then what you do is you multiply each number as a decimal. So 50% is 0.5. And so as you multiply decimals, the number gets smaller and smaller as you go. And it's a great exercise for helping someone realize that the actual probability of the events that they're afraid of happening just as they're thinking that they'll happen are really quite unlikely. Well, as as well, I, I do think, okay, so like a really common example is uh, there are a lot of people who are afraid of flying in planes. When statistically speaking, there are a lot fewer plane crashes than car crashes. Car crashes happen thousands of times, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of times every day uh, globally, whereas plane crashes are 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 less frequent despite still being a relatively common form of travel. But maybe the fact that plane crashes tend to be more serious, um, you know, it, it's it's hard to just get scrapes and bruises when you're falling out of the sky. So maybe there's that aspect too, where it's not the probability of it happening, it's the thought of it happening that can that can really be insurmountable for people. I think as well, um, if we're comparing driving to flying, if you're driving a car, you're actively the one who's doing the driving. And there's a loss of control if you're getting into a plane and someone else is flying it. There's people who they can have anxiety just because someone else is driving a car when they're not. And a lot of those fears can do with letting go of control. Well, or as any any parents can attest who have taught their children how to drive, uh, you know, pushing harder on the floor of the car does not actually make the car slow down <laughs> as it turns out or or gripping the the door handle tightly um anyways so understanding the actual likelihood of our fears is important uh do you recommend generally that people try and overcome their fears and get exposed to their fears like if they're afraid of dogs, let's say, for example, do you recommend that this is something that they try to engage with? Or do you think uh, maybe maybe overcoming that isn't worth the potential benefit? Like you can live a, a fairly normal life while also not interacting with many dogs. Yeah, so a lot of that depends on what the source of the fear is. Uh, one of my professors, he talked about being afraid of a Chinese bug that was quite large and he said everyone I know is afraid of it and it doesn't bother me to be afraid of it. So it really depends on what the fear is. If it's a fear 
that's preventing you from doing things you want to do in life. Maybe you're afraid of public speaking and you'd like to be able to do some of that. Then doing some exposure therapy could be helpful. So in exposure therapy, it starts out very slowly, just even discussing the idea or thinking of the idea. You start imagining yourself doing it and then you see can you gain control of those emotions of fear? How can you calm yourself? How can you relax yourself? And so there's a whole process where you're reducing the fear over time before the client's actually going and doing the full exposure of the fearful event. Well, one example uh, a psychology professor gave is if somebody were uh, afraid of flying, you might just uh, show them a picture of an airplane and talk about it. And that may work its way to, well, I have this, this remote control model plane uh, to let's drive by the airport to like, so just progressively stepping it up. Um, so as you said, it really depends on what the fear is and how it is impacting your daily life. Uh, and so I, I guess that's the main, the main takeaway is to assess your fears, assess if they're rational and if it is something that really you can like being afraid of a very large insect that's in another country that you'll never encounter, that fear is actually okay. So it's knowing when you need to address it and when not to address it. And obviously, we would recommend that anybody needing assistance in discerning that can follow up with a therapist. Uh, is there any other resources or any other bits of advice you would give to our listeners who would like to learn more about this? Feel free to put your questions in the comments. And we have other uh, content on managing emotions that you might also find helpful. Well, and one part of that, too, and... Uh, for example, I am somebody, the, I'm somebody who really doesn't enjoy roller coasters and it's not that I'm afraid of them. I don't like them. And so it's also understanding the emotions that you're feeling. Is it fear or is it just dislike or so it, not everything that you don't want to do is rooted in fear. And so understanding and discerning what your emotions are can also be a really important step. And again, if you have trouble doing this, you might want to get help from a therapist in your area. That's all the time we have for today, but thank you very much for listening and for the likes, comments, and subscriptions. It really means a lot to us that we're able to continue doing this. And until next time, remember that small steps can lead to big changes. We'll see you next time. 